Hey, I'm Natalie Abbott. And I'm Vera Schmitz. We are sisters who host the Dwell Differently podcast. We help you memorize and meditate on one Bible verse every month. And all month long on our podcast, we talk about what that verse means, why it matters, and how we can apply that verse to our daily lives. Hey, welcome back to the Dwell Differently podcast. I'm your host, Natalie Abbott, and I am so excited to talk more about our verse this month. And for those of you who listened to our episode last week, you know what our verse is. It's from James 1.22. It says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. And honestly, if you listen to that episode, I think I said it there. I definitely said it again in our um, blog post for Monday. This verse is like a gut punch, guys. It is a really rough word, and we just want to travel through that with you and help you both receive it and then also apply it to your life, but to do so in grace. Because if you take it as a standalone verse, it, it can it can hit you hard. Um, but today we are talking with Tara Sun, and Tara is an author and a speaker, and she loves Jesus. Uh, welcome, Tara. Thank you so much, Natalie. You are a joy. I love this podcast. I'm just really excited to have this conversation with you. Yes, it you know honestly, it, this it's like my favorite thing to get to do is to get to talk about God's word very specifically with people and just hear how it it is changing and hitting you because if for anybody who's ever been in a bible study before like you go and you study and you prepare and you think okay this is what i learned here but when you get into that group and you ha- you have that conversation with other believers it's like i never would have saw that yeah i never that didn't yes. hit me that way at all so i always just learn so much from these podcast episodes um it's just such a joy to to get to talk about god's word and welcome to everybody who's listening um we're just glad that you're here with us and and having this chat with us um but before we get started diving into our verse Tara, I would love for you to tell us a little bit about yourself. I am a new Tara Sun fan, so (laughs) I only know what I know from like your website and I haven't bought your book yet. So you're going to have to tell us a little bit about that. Um, But yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so my name is Tara. The middle name is Sun, actually. Fun fact for a lot of people. Oh. Um, yeah, it's a, actually it's kind of a wild story for another day, but it was part of my <laughs> Korean name because I'm adopted, but then also my parents love that as a middle name. And so it was kind of like a God thing. So Tara mm. Sun, that's how I go by um, on Instagram, on my podcast. Also have a podcast, uh, Truth Talks with Tara. Went with that alliteration. It's kind of a mouthful, but love to do the same <laughs> thing as you guys. Just dissect God's word and have conversations with friends about about the Lord and how really my passion is to help women do three things. And that is to know God's word, to love God's word, and to live God's word because it's kind of like a sequence when we know God and his word, it transforms into a love because when you truly know who he is, you can't help but love him. And then that love transforms into, like you said earlier, how we live our faith out, how we live God's word. And so doing that, um, just through a lot of stuff online. And then I'm going to be an author. March 7th officially is when my first book, Surrender Your Story, um, subtitled Ditch the Myth of Control and Discover Freedom in Trusting God. So, um, so much going on. Also a mom of a almost 11 month old little boy, Hunter. Oh my goodness. Yeah. He's the sweetest. I can't believe he's almost a year. It's just been a whirlwind of the past couple of years, but My husband and I and Hunter, we live in Oregon, um, the beautiful West Coast, and just loving small town life basically over here. (laughs) 
I love that you're a new mommy. Yeah. I just feel like that was such a critical time in my life for reevaluating my purpose. Yeah. And just like, what am I here for? What am what am I supposed to do? Um, because it really is such a huge life shift, yeah. you know, that happens when you add a whole nother human into your equation of your family. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that was a really difficult, but but like God really used that season to like form me and yeah. help me kind of um, really reevaluate so many things. It was a really great, beautiful, difficult season. <laughs> All of the things. Like, I feel the same way. Like, my husband asked me the other day, just briefly, he was like, what what do you want to do? Like, how do you want to, like, relax? What is, like, a hobby? I'm like, I don't know who I am anymore. And, like, (laughs) I'm just like – I mean, like, I do know who I am. Like, I know my identity. But it just – it feels murky. And you're trying to figure it out, especially Mm. if you – Also, just like if you work, if you're just multi-passionate, even just as a human being, you're like, is my identity in my child? Like that's how it feels a lot. And so Mm. I feel like I'm kind of coming out of that as well, Um, learning that my best ministry is to my husband and son, but also Mm. figuring out how that works to also do things like this. Um, But God's grace is so good. The only way that like we can get through it, I just tell people, they're like, how is he like sleeping so good? How is he doing all these things? I'm like, God's grace. I'm like, it's been a blur. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, Well, tell me, so tell me the name of your book and Mm -hmm. then what is your book about? Because I feel like it really dovetails a lot with our verse this month. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. Um, I love this verse too. It's been cool how ever since we talked about it initially, how it's kind of come up in conversation in, in mm. my life. So I'm excited to talk about it. But um, so my book is called Surrender Your Story. And then the subtitle is Ditch the Myth of Control and Discover Freedom and Trusting God. So mm. this book just really came out of this I don't know. I, I keep telling people, I feel like our lives have seasons. I am sure you can agree. Like there seems yeah. to be themes and things that just come up. And this is one of the biggest ones for my life that I always thought I was in control. I always kind of thought mm. things were kind of going my way. Life was easy and I had a plan. And not like that plan was bad, but through a chronic illness diagnosis, through dropping out of college, through a lot of different mm. things, God really shattered that illusion of my of control that I thought I had over my life. And he yeah. just brought me to a place where he's like, you don't really trust me with your life. And that was really hard for me to, really hard for me to hear and walk through. Um, And as I learned that, he was telling me that not even just myself, but humanity since the beginning has had this problem with grasping for control. We see it in Adam and Eve. We see it in so many people. They tried to take what was God's and the consequences that followed. And I think a lot of times we, we believe we're trusting God with our lives, but we don't live it out in that way. And so as I discovered, and I did a deep dive in God's word about what it meant to be a disciple, he brought me to Luke 9, 23, which I'm sure a lot of you guys know is, you know, taking up your cross, denying yourself and following Jesus. That Mm. is what it meant to be a disciple. And that's what it means to be a disciple of Christ. That's what it means to follow him. And so as I looked into that, I realized the theme of that verse is surrender. Just an open-handed posture of being like, Lord, I'm going to I'm going to live and follow you but like my life is yours and you're the one who directs my paths. And so that's really what the book is about. It walks us through about how to trust God with really the twists and turns and surprises of our stories whether you find yourself to be a real big type A planner or whether you're not like it's a message for us all. It's a human it's a human condition but God has an answer for it. I love that that 
is such a passion for you. Mm-hmm. So much so that you're like, I'm gonna write a book about it. Yes. And honestly, <laughs> like, I feel like that is sort of um, thematically similar to what we're talking about in this verse. I do feel like I said, like this verse kind of hits us like a gut punch, yes. but it's asking us that same question. Um, it's asking us to evaluate, like you said, am I really following the Lord? Am I really trusting in God? Or am I just, like our verse says, merely listening? Am I merely listening or am I doing the thing? Mm -hmm. Am I deceiving myself, right? Um, So let me read our verse in its full context because I really think it's helpful when we hear it spoken over us in the full context to kind of see the thematic that's going on in this passage in James. It says, um, do not merely listen to the word, and so deceive yourselves, do what it says. Then it goes on to say, anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I love this image of looking in the mirror and being like, what did I see again? I forgot. Yeah. I mean, honestly, <laughs> there are times when I look in the mirror and I'm like, Ooh, that's a rough, that's a rough look you got going on, <laughs> you know, at six in the morning or whatever. Right. Um, but uh, that's what the Bible is being compared to for us here. Mm-hmm. It's, it's that this, the Bible, the word of God is like a mirror. Um, and we don't want to forget what we see when we look into it, but I guess my question, my first question for you is how do we do this all the time as Christians? How are we mm. continually, even though we're spending time in God's word, say, we're just merely listening to it and we're we're walking away unchanged? Yeah. You know, I was thinking about this. I was thinking about the Israelites after God rescued them from slavery. He literally, like, they had Moses. They had mm-hmm. this amazing, like, Red Sea moment. They had everything laid out. Like, a lot of that we don't, right? We don't have the huge Red Sea, like, actual, like, event in our lives. They had it all. And what happened was they knew it. And then what did they do? They, like us, messed up a lot. They went after small Mm -hmm. gods. They did all these things. And so I was thinking about how they're kind of, they were, it was a convicting moment for me because I'm like, we're a lot like them because they have the word. They maybe knew it in their in their heads, but they didn't really get it in their hearts. And so I feel Mm -hmm. like that's kind of where we're at right now, where we read God's word. And I believe that a big obstacle that you and I have and that all of us have is that we are too busy. And we're too mm. distracted um, mm-hmm. because we all can read, you know, most, you know, most, <laughs> most of us can read, right? So we can read that, but we mm-hmm. are too busy. And I'm speaking for myself too, that we are too busy hustling. We are too busy, distracted by other things and not prioritizing God's word because yeah. when we're rushing through it, we don't sit to really meditate and digest it. And if we don't do that, it's not going to get into our hearts. It just kind of stays mm. on the surface there. Um, and so for me, I really believe that it's a problem of distraction. It's a problem of um, being too quick. And it's also a problem of not really seeing God's word for what it is. If I, I'm being honest, like it, it, for me too, like it's convicting because like when I just read and I don't actually live it out, like this verse says, I just merely listen and not do. 
It's because that I don't believe the gravity of God's word. There was a, I'm trying to remember the quote by who it was. I'm not going to quote it exactly because I'm going to mess it up. Um, <laughs> Real wise it, words by somebody. Right? Someone, <laughs> I'll, I'll, you got credit. You know who you are. Um, maybe it was an older theologian. But basically, it was this idea of that if we don't read God's word consistently, if we're not in the word, if we don't believe what it says, then we are not accepting the reality that God is Lord over our lives. Mm. And I read that and I'm like, Oh shoot. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like cuz I a lot of times I do that. I'm like it's because I don't believe God to be who he says he is a lot of times. Yeah. And I hate that. But I think that's really at least from me for me what it comes down to a lot of times. Mm. I love Tara how you you keep picking up this thematic of like getting God's word in your head. And then it's somehow translating down into your heart. So in yeah. your emotions, you're like accepting it, you're mm -hmm. believing it, you're you're affected by it. But then there's this third layer of our hands, you know, getting wow. it out there, doing the thing. And I think that's really a lot what this verse is saying. It's like, mm -hmm. don't just merely put that word in your head and think that that's enough. Somehow there's got to be this trickle down effect where it's really affecting you enough that you it changes it changes yeah. your behavior even right um like and, like head heart hands right like it yeah and that's the flow there and maybe i'm getting ahead of myself but i think a lot of times we say for instance like i just have this theme in my heart but that's just trusting god like we say we we know it's good to trust god with our heads okay and then maybe it comes in our hearts that we're like okay like i trust you lord but like life's going really good and it's really easy to trust you mm. and then something happens and it's to our hands now where we actually have to live it out and we're like no like so we pull back <laughs> we like we get right. this death grip on oh. control. And so it's like doing that whole thing, head, heart, hands, like having mm -hmm. to do that whole cycle daily. Um, mm -hmm. But that's, I think, a lot of times where we get it tripped up because we could say we we think we know it in our hearts, but how we actually live it with our hands is a demonstration of what we really believe in our hearts or what we don't believe. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's, you know, if you really consider the people who are closest to you, and how you behave around them. Like there are times when I will say, oh, my family draws out the worst in me. I'm like, no, actually my family draws out the honest me. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. like true, <laughs> true reality is right. that all of that stuff that I can kind of hold in or, you know, my kids sometimes they'll say, well, I did all my good behavior at school today. <laughs> you know, like Okay. I mean, I can kind of understand that. But at the same time, it's like we put ourselves on our best behavior in certain situations, but it's those situations where we are most honest with the people who are closest to us that maybe sometimes are again like that that mirror of God's word where we're seeing sort of the reflection of our own actions in the lives of other people. Am I actually like, do I think I'm patient because of the way that I treat a stranger at Starbucks? Or right. does my my level of patience actually, is it better reflected by the way that I respond when I have to tell my kid for the hundredth time to like brush your teeth or pick up your yeah. room or whatever it is? Yeah, it's good. You know, um, I just think that this is such a deep struggle. And, and also I think con conceptually as believers, um, we tend towards not wanting to call out actions as much because we don't want to say that somehow that's what saves us. Right. 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 So these are not the things that save us. These actions don't um, justify us before mm -hmm. God. And yet people who have been justified before God 
our lives should look different, right? Yes, so there are yes. go- there's got to be a time when we look at this and we say, this is a good litmus test for mm-hmm. us. How much are we really believing? Because if I'm really believing this, then it's going to affect the way that I'm living. Yeah. I, I really appreciate that because I think we're so quick to say, but, but it doesn't define you, but mm-hmm. it's not your identity, which again, like we're saying is true. But like that can't be an excuse. That can't be like, well, I believe that God is Lord of my life, but I'm going to go like party crazy and I'm not going to remember the next day. Like that's fine because like I say it um, or whatever that is for you. Um, I'm, I really appreciate that. I've been thinking about that a lot in my life and it like so ties in with this verse because it, like you said, it calls us out because I think it does point to the fact that we do need to put our beliefs where our hands are and like actually live it out. Because for a lot of us, yeah. I know all of us, there's areas in our lives that we're not. I can even think of things in my life too. Yeah. Well, and I think about how sometimes we become comfortable with our Christianity being like a box that we check. Hmm. You know, wow. it's like, well, I went to church, check. Yeah. I read my Bible a few times, check. I, you know, taught Sunday school, check. I, you know, whatever it is that you put on your list we're looking at it that way, we're missing the point. Like, what is that for? And those things are for our blessing. Like the end of that that context says that whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they'll be blessed in what they do. Like there is a blessing for us. This isn't like a uh, you know, tie it around your neck, heavy burden that is going to just weigh us down. But in fact, it's the thing, it's the very thing that frees us and brings mm-hmm. blessing yeah. when we walk in the things that we read in God's word. Yeah. Um, so I got a question for you though. Yeah, let's do it. What do we do when our lives don't measure up? Like what, what like you're hearing this right now, or maybe like, like me, you've been like saturated in this verse and you're like, oh, <laughs> there's a list of things. Like, what do we do when we, when we, when the spirit convicts us, we have this reveal to us. Like mm-hmm. we look in the mirror and we yeah. see it in God's word and the spirit is convicting our hearts. And we're like, oh, there's the thing. Like, how do we reconcile those two things? Mm, I love this. You know, I was talking with a close friend the other day and we were just being very honest with each other about the ways we were struggling. And Mm -hmm. we both in the middle of the conversation, we stopped and we're like, we're both like sitting in the shame of the things we have done. We know that God forgives us. I mean, first there was the conviction, right? Of something that you had done, gone against God's word, like we're talking about right now, maybe not lived up to this holy standard that God has for us in James. Um, But we both were like, we know we're forgiven. We've repented and we've accepted that, but we actually haven't accepted it. Like we are living in the shame of what we, what we did instead of moving forward in faith. So I think the first thing we need to realize is that if we are first convicted, if we have a repentant heart to God and that posture of Lord, please forgive me. We have the guarantee that he does. A lot of us sit in the shame of that. A lot of us Mm. sit in the shame of, oh, I was just living legalistically, or I was definitely not living out my faith. I was just looking off the word. I wasn't doing what it says. And I sit there and I, and whether I realize it or not, subconsciously or consciously, I sit in the shame of that. And then I feel overwhelmed and I don't know how to move forward and actually do what the word says. Enjoy. Um, And the freedom, like you said, Natalie, to act actually live that way in Christ. And so I think the first thing we have to do is we have to get out of that shame because sometimes I don't think I'm just going to release you friends. Like if you don't 
if you don't like recognize that that is shame, it's shame. If you are sitting mm-hmm. there and like, well, I've done this, but like, I don't know how, how to like do the next step. Like that's the enemy wanting to keep you where you are because he yeah. wants you to keep looking in the mirror and forgetting. He wants you to do that. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, like eyes open in that moment. Cause I'm like, dang, the enemy was keeping me in shame from this. And so I think Mm. that's one of the first most powerful things we got to do is to get out of that. Um, Because if we're operating in shame and we're listening to the enemy, we we certainly cannot do what God's word says. Like we have to be fully like equipped in his truth and what he says about us um, because we can't listen to the enemy and the Lord at the same time. Yeah. Well, I love love where you started with that conviction and that Mm -hmm. confession. And I love also that you brought in a friend, like that the two of you have a relationship that is deep enough and you have enough relationship capital with one another that you've given yourselves permission in each other's lives to have that hard conversation. Because sometimes, you know, like this verse says, we read the word and we're like, and then we walk (laughs) away and we're like, I'm just going to like dig that way. I'm going to hide that way down deep in here. <laughs> you know, I'm going to hide God's word in my heart, but yeah. like deeper. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to hide it in my heart, but it really, I'm going to dig a hole in the backyard and I'm going to put it in there. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like there, there are times when we need people in our lives, mm-hmm. not just to expose those things to us, but also to help us, like you said, walk out of that shame and start walking yeah. in the freedom that we have in Christ mm-hmm. to yeah. to be yeah. able to to obey and absolutely and to surrender you know to the lord and say okay god your grace covers this and so yeah. i can i can get back up and keep going because yeah. your grace is going to i yeah. mean like that's just the reality of our our sad little yeah. christian lives is that we are always going to be tripping up we are always yes. going to be failing yes. And it's like the best thing we can learn, I think, as believers is that confessional spirit and allowing somebody, at least one person into our life where we ha- can have that that honest accountability mm-hmm. and vulnerability. Yeah. You know, Natalie, I was thinking one thing as you were talking that like we do have, like we get in this cycle and it, it can be discouraging. But one thing, like you said, how can we recon- reconcile the two of like, we know we should be not merely listening, but doing. And how do I like reconcile the fact that I haven't been doing that? I think one thing that we need to know, one of my favorite verses of all time comes from Second Peter 1, 3, where he's saying like, literally, you've been given everything in Christ Jesus for this life. Mm-hmm. You've been fully equipped for everything. And so to move forward in faith from a place where, okay, I haven't really been doing that, but to know like, in Christ, you have everything you need. It may not seem like you do, like, because maybe you don't have like enough money in your standard, or maybe you don't have like this or that. But in Christ, in your identity, in your true life, which is your spiritual life that covers everything, God has not left you with nothing. He's left you with everything. And so you can know that you can move forward now. And you can ask the Lord to help you in this pursuit of not merely listening to the word, but doing what it says, because he's giving you everything you need. Mm-hmm. And we talk a lot about this in the book, and I just keep thinking about it. Like, it requires a daily dependence. It's kind of frustrating because, you know, it's not like I can't just, it's not one and done. It's a daily dependence on Christ and the Holy Spirit that helps us live the word, not merely just listen. And so I find so much comfort in that, Natalie. I love that God promises that we have everything in him. Mm -hmm. Um, We just got to stay connected 
like every single day, John 15, remain in the true vine. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. That reminds me of Ephesians 1, where it talks about how we have been given every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. Like Mm -hmm. we really do have, we have the Holy Spirit, like we have the word of God, we have forgiveness and grace. Mm -hmm. We Mm have, we are adopted as sons and daughters. Like we, there's just nothing that God has held back. You know, if, if God has given us what he has given us in Christ, how has he, how is he not able to give us all things? Like, everything that we need. Um, it's just all available to us. And, and Mm -hmm. I love that. I love that when we, when we hit that wall of like, what could bring shame? Yeah. We can, you know, completely allow that shame to melt away because that is not for us. That is not from Mm -hmm. the Lord. That's from our enemy, the accuser who says, you didn't do it. You messed up. Mm -hmm. But Jesus Mm -hmm. is like, Hey, I got you. It's okay. I paid for yeah. that. I, and, and you know what? I, I gave you my spirit to help you mm. keep going. Um, so I have, I have another thought. Like, I love, I love the name of your book, Surrender Your Story, and thinking about these ideas of surrender mm-hmm. and obedience really are very countercultural. Yes. So <laughs> I, I just like, how do we fight the urge? When we're in that place, like even when we feel like, okay, Jesus has forgiven me, I'm okay now, I feel like so oftentimes we just want to go do it on our own again. Mm -hmm. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like how do we fight that urge to do things on our own and how how do we actually practically surrender? Oh, that's so good. Um, It's, first of all, a few things. Firstly, it is a daily thing. I know I keep saying it and I wish it was easier, but where would the fun in that be? <laughs> it's daily. In in Luke 9, Jesus says daily. Mm. Like you have to fall like this is a daily requirement of taking up your crosses, following Jesus and denying yourself. It's every single day. Mm-hmm. And it's frustrating because like we said, like why can't it just be something easy that is just completed in Christ, like like our identity or like Jesus's death on the cross? Like why can't that just be completed, right? Mm-hmm. It's a part of sanctification, which is a daily thing. And the really cool thing, there's good news about this, about it being a daily thing, is that it is a really cool opportunity for us to be depended and so intimately connected to the Lord because Mm -hmm. if we are not daily connected to the Lord and yielded to him, like we're talking about, we are so easily going to crawl back up on the throne and become Lord of our lives when we know there's only one Lord. And I always think it always comes back to Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, one of my favorite passages of all time, one of probably the most popular passages in God's word that says, it's by grace we've been saved through faith. Mm-hmm. It is not you know, a result of our own works. It is the grace of God that does it. And so I have to remind myself when I am tempted to um, control, when I am tempted to take what is not mine and put myself on the throne instead of God, Mm -hmm. I have to remember that my salvation and my identity and who I am just in my entirety is because of God. It's not because of my works. And so if that's true about my identity, if that is true about what Jesus did for me that really started my new life Mm -hmm. in Christ, then every other day of my life is not of my own work or merit. And so that is something that I have to hold on to every day when I try to do that. And like you said, Natalie, surrender is not popular. 
control and manifestation is popular. And it's even kind of seeped its way into the church, into Christian thinking, like whether we believe it or not, like we'll say, oh, I don't like believe in manifestation. I don't believe that I'm in control, that God is in control. Like, again, it's like a head and the heart issue. Like we know that, but then what we do is we make plans without consulting the Lord. And I want to just say this real quick, that planning is not a sin. It's like literally in Proverbs and Psalms, it talks about how a man will plan his way, which it doesn't say a man planning his way is a sin. But then it says, but the Lord is the one who establishes his steps. Mm-hmm. And so practically every day, surrender from our examples in scripture and from Jesus's example, which is our ultimate example of surrender and releasing control to his father who was in heaven that directed his every path. It looks like following an obedience to God's word, because that's our roadmap for life. If we are following that, we can know that we are secure. But following that and then being open-handed, mm. just not close down and fist, being open-handed when something inevitably, which it's going to happen, doesn't go according to our plan. And we talk about this, uh, just one more thing. We talk about this in the book that when you know who God is, when you know his word, when you know who God is truly, that that kind of helps you release control because you have a good God who's frankly better than we are. I mean, he is, he's better than we are and he is better at planning. He's better at designing our lives because he's the one who created us and he knows best. And so if we get to know his word, like we were talking about in this conversation, if we get to know what he says and the truth and the life that it really brings, we can be like, okay, like I don't want to be in control because God has something so much better. I have such a small concept of reality in the grand scheme of eternity than Mm. he does. And so, I don't know, practically that just helps me every day. Again, like today, I already had to like surrender stuff. So it's every (laughs) single day, you know? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Well, so I, I love all of this conversation, but I would love to kind of hear from you about a time when you were merely listening, but you weren't actually living it out and and how did that become apparent to you and what did you do in that with that mm-hmm. scenario well you only want one example i, was I mean like i know so you got a whole litany <laughs> right no we all do um yeah, but do. yeah one that kind of sticks out to me in particular is um so my husband and i are high school sweethearts we started dating when we were really young in high school like 17 oh my gosh and, i love um, that yeah i know we're such little babies um but i'm <laughs> Like right away, like knew that he was the one that I wanted to marry. Like it was like a year or two in and I'm like, okay, I want to marry this guy. Um, Mm. But realistically with school, with finances and even just like God not being ready for that to happen in our lives, we just – it wasn't looking like it it was going to happen, you know, when I was 18 or 19, which is very young in the grand scheme of things. Um, But I knew in my head – And I listened to God's word that I should trust him and that he has better timing and that he knows best. But when I tell you that I was the most impatient person to wait for that engagement ring, to (laughs) wait for marriage, like I know we all can relate to a certain level. If you're engaged or married listening to this, like, you know, even if you're dating someone and you're impatient, like we all know that the struggle is real. Um, And so I knew that. I knew that with my heart, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, trust the Lord with all your heart and all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. I like recited that verse, but then I was like so angry at God. I was so impatient. I was trying to make things happen. I was also making my boyfriend now husband feel really bad because I'm like, why aren't you proposing yet? And so I was just like, I was like, like my real life, you know, apart from like, you know, reciting that verse was like not like really living out Mm. trusting God and realizing that he's the one who makes straight paths. 
and really it's not that that's not not that big of a deal to wait, you know, like a couple like an extra year or something like that. And so for me that was one of the most convicting moments where I'm like I really don't trust God because I was trying to manipulate my way. Yeah. And then in that I was treating people in my life really horribly and I was making them feel bad for them merely just waiting on the Lord. Like I was making them feel bad for being mm. yielded to the Lord and his timing. And so I was really convicted. My mom was, you know, still living at home at the time. My mom would just tell me all the time, like, Tara, you need to wait. There's like nothing wrong with waiting. But I think um, in a culture saturated by messages of like, you don't have to wait. Like there's yeah. nothing stopping you. Like we have subconsciously started to believe that waiting is a, ba- is a bad thing. Oh, yeah. When Christ says in God's word, like waiting is a great thing. It's a, it's a fruit of the spirit. It produces character, hope, endurance, all these things. And so for me, I had to come to the point where I realized I'm like, okay, clearly it's not working. Like anything that I do, <laughs> manipulating in my strength is not working. Mm-hmm. And so I had to come to the place where I had to surrender, truly surrender my relationship to the Lord and be like, Lord, you know the best timing. I had to stop talking about um, marriage for a season. I had to stop obsessing over it. I had to get people in my life that told me, hey, you just need to enjoy (laughs) where you are in this season. (laughs) So it was a lot of God's word. It was a lot of um, removing the idol from my life. And it was a lot of having community around me that called that out because- You know, I wasn't calling out myself. I wasn't listening to the conviction of the spirit, unfortunately. So having people in my life say, you're, you're not acting well was, was very, very important. So that was one of the biggest moments of my life and, um, very eye-opening, um, how I was not living that truth out. Man, I, I feel like that's a really relatable story. I mean, it may not be the same thing, but that idea of waiting on the Lord's timing or even mm-hmm. like enduring something where God says no to us, yeah, you know, yeah. like that is a really difficult season to sort of fight that urge to manipulate mm-hmm. and to control yes. and to sort of be the person on the throne, the person with the authority. And it's just a matter of, I think, really like... I feel like it needs to be like a multifaceted attack, yes. you know, of like, yes. okay, I'm going to memorize this scripture. I'm going to talk to my mom about it. I'm going to yeah. have my friends yeah. pray for me. I'm going to, you know, make this plan of like, I'm not going to talk about this right now. I'm just going to not complain yeah. about it. You know, like yeah. sometimes yeah. we need like a whole litany of, yes. uh, I don't know if I'd say goals, but like resources, tools mm-hmm. that we are using that God has given us, you know, Mm -hmm. the body of Christ. He's given us prayer. He's given us his word. He's given us his spirit, you know, like Mm -hmm. all of these things, like we need to be utilizing all of those things when we come up against our disobedience and our Mm -hmm. unwillingness to, to surrender. Um, Yeah. You know, it's, it's funny because Proverbs three, five through six was a verse that I have always known since I was young, like grew up doing Awana clubs. If you're familiar with that, which is all about um, memorizing verses, which I know you are passionate about, of course. Um, (laughs) Heck yeah. So um, that was one that I've always known, but it was brought up to me again in in that season of my life. And Mm. I was just, the more and more I memorized it, the more and more I recited it over my life, the more I was convicted by the the line that says with all of your heart, because I was not doing that. And so I was challenged Mm. to dwell on that aspect and be like, okay, am I trusting God with just like, like part of my heart, like one of the chambers and like not all of it. Right. (laughs) Um, and so that was convicting. And then also I had to recite that verse over my life, even when I didn't believe it, 
Like, mm. I think that's one thing that we come against is we recite scripture or we feel like we have to recite scripture or read God's word only when we believe it. Mm. But the thing about it is that we have to preach truth to ourselves even when we don't. Because that's one way that the Lord helps us in our unbelief, for yeah. instance. So yeah. um, for me, it's like, okay, I was in like a situation where I'm like, okay, like I'm really thinking about marriage today. I'm like, okay, recite the verse, trust the Lord. You know, <laughs> I recite it and be like, I don't believe this, but I'm just going to do it. You know, so just things like that are, just help me a lot, you know? Yeah. I do think we that there's, there is such value in sort of rewiring and intentionally considering what our thought life is. Like, yeah. I think it's like 80% of what we think about is negative. And then wow. of that 80%, we think about that like all it's usually like on a on a on a loop, so to speak, mm-hmm. where it's like mm-hmm. you have these negative thoughts. And it's not just that you have these negative thoughts, but those are negative thoughts that are on loop in your brain. Yeah. Wow. Um it could be shame, it could be, you know, whatever, whatever it is, the things that you're telling yourself. And like the reason we named dwell, dwell differently is because we have a tendency to dwell on those hard things, those negative things, those repetitive cycles. And it's like, let's dwell differently. Let's put something else in our brains and help ourselves refocus on what God says about who I am, about my Mm -hmm. situation. And even when I don't believe it, like there is psychological truth in speaking over yourself. It's why you have, you know, these ridiculous SNL skits of of Jack Handy who says, you know, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough and doggone it, people like me. Like that's (laughs) a real thing that psychologists have you do is, is... Speak out loud over yourself things that are positive, things that are true, and how much more powerful when the things that we're speaking are God's words for us. Absolutely. That's one of the one of the themes in Surrender Your Story is that you have messages from the world. When mm-hmm. I say the world, secular ideas of, you know, you are the author and creator of your destiny. You like say all these affirmations. And I really appreciate how you're like, well, what's better than God's word? Because that's number one, the truth. And it's mm-hmm. going to fulfill us way more than anything that the world says that may provide temporary fulfillment. Right. But it's not going to last. It's not going to be what we're truly looking for. Right. Yeah, I mean, we can say the the partial truth of I'm lovable, but when we say God loves me, good. you know, yeah. there's a whole other layer of truth there mm-hmm. for us that is d- dependable and it's eternal and mm-hmm. it's it's doesn't ring hollow to us. You know, there are times when I can say that you know, I know that I'm lovable, but I don't really feel that way. And I don't really know how to like support that. But when I'm supporting that on the foundation of what God says about me mm-hmm. and and knowing that, that that's why, you know, there's a whole other layer of like wow. foundation that we're laying for ourselves and for our thought patterns that are just so much more healthy and and better for us. But but we digress. <laughs> Yes, that's that's still a word though. That's so good. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I got one last question for you, Tara. And I know this is this is kind of a personal question, but what is one area right now where you feel like you've been dragging your feet instead of doing what God is asking you to do? 
Oh, you know, I was <laughs> ready for this question. And I'm like, okay. I gave like, her these questions beforehand, so Ooh. she could she could go surface with us if she yeah, wants. Yeah, she could, you know, she could go way down deep. It's hey, no, whatever. I'm, I'm an op- I'm an open book. Let's do it. You know, yeah. Um, I think in this really busy season, like I mentioned, of being a mom, but also launching a book and working mm. and all these things, um, I haven't had my priorities straight a lot of times. Mm. I feel like over the last couple of months, the Lord has really convicted me of that, and it's changed, and I found a lot of freedom in it, but. I had not been, I have not been prioritizing what matters the most. I was doing things for God more than I was being with God, if that Mm, makes sense. Absolutely. Um, And so I was, like we talked about a lot today, I was looking in the mirror and I was forgetting that God's word tells me that he loves me and that um, it's not by works that I'm saved, it's by grace. And I'm operating, I've been operating a lot out of self-sufficiency because there are a lot of things that all of us have to do in life. But for me specifically, I'm like, okay, I got a husband, I got a kid, I got a house to take (laughs) care of, I got dinner, I got this book, I got a podcast. Like there's just like a lot of stuff. And I'm like, I, I jumbled the order. And I started believing that that was my identity and that I had to do things before I could rest. I had to do things um, to earn success and favor. And I had to do things because if I didn't do them, then everything that I'm doing would not be, um, you know, it would, it just, it wouldn't be successful. It would all fall apart. Right. Like it all depends on me. And Mm -hmm. so that's where I have been messing up lately and dragging my feet and not listening to the Lord because I have been relying too much on myself and I've been leaning on my own understanding Mm -hmm. as Proverbs 3 tells us instead of the Lord. And so I've been convicted. I've been like, oh my gosh. Like you think that like people think that like when you write a book or you like do a podcast on something that like you're just perfect at it sometimes. (laughs) I'm like, you know what? I'm like, I wrote this book. No, I wrote this book for me too. Like I am still living this out. And so the Lord is so funny how he's just reminding me that it's not all up to me. But um, ever since I've been convicted of that and repented of that and just tried to walk anew in that, I've been, Natalie, just so, I just felt more free. I felt more at rest and um, like, hey, like we don't have to do it on our own. And like, we weren't meant to carry it that way. And it's actually better. Like we think that we, it's better to be in control, but when we're not and we realize that we're not and we can trust God with that, it's like, wow, like life is so much more fun um, in that way. So thank you so much for giving us a peek behind the curtain. I I really do appreciate that. And that, that actually is, if I were going to answer that question, I would answer it exactly the same way right now. Um, I just feel like in a very similarly busy season of my own Mm -hmm. life, it has been a real struggle to like to actually enjoy Jesus. Yes. Yes. And I'm that's, like that's perfectly said. The reason I do what I do is because I love Jesus and I enjoy him and yet it's like how did he somehow end up on the back burner? Yes. It's yes. the weirdest possible thing and yet mm-hmm. I think that we have this tendency, like I said, to just have this list. And I'm like, I, I checked off that list. Yeah. My, I checked off my Jesus box for the day. Um, but God forbid that my faith in in you know in my attempt to like serve and love God with my life and and Jesus that I would actually neglect Jesus. Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. We we think, Lord, I'm doing all these things for you. Like, don't you see me? Don't you? Doesn't this add to my value? I mean, it's exactly what he told people in the New Testament. Mm. It's like, I've done all these things for you. And he's like, well, where was your heart? Yeah. Like, 
do we want to hear well done, good and faithful servant? Or do we want to hear depart from me? I never knew you. Like I've been mm-hmm. thinking about that too. It's like, okay, Jesus like wants heart right. And then yeah. it can overflow like we've been talking about. So yeah. thank you for also like staying in solidarity because I know that <laughs> we're not alone either. Like I'm sure friends listening are like, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Any of the people that you see also that are like doing a podcast or writing a book or whatever, like we are just real humans. Just like every yeah. anybody who, <laughs> who pretends like they're not they are such fat liars. Like literally every literally. single person, we all have these same struggles. And the more that we can be in community and honest about these things, the better. It's it's like why I asked you that question because I'm like, we we love that Tara Sun wrote this awesome book about yeah. sacrifice and surrender. But like, mm-hmm. how is Tara Sun doing that right now? That's what I yeah. really want to know. Um, I appreciate it. It's good. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us, Tara. And for those of you who are listening, we have all of our show notes are going to have links to all of Tara's stuff. Um, She is such a delightful new friend. And I'm so thankful. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much. This has been one of my favorite conversations. Thanks for having me. Yep, absolutely. Hey, are you looking for a place to connect with other people who are memorizing this month's verse? We got you covered. Guess what? We have a Dwell Differently official Facebook group that you can join. And we're over there chatting about what this verse means and how it is affecting our daily lives. So go check it out on Facebook, the Dwell Differently official Facebook group.